I'm sorry we don't have source sheets. Normally when we do the matmanim, everybody's got the sources in front of them. Uh, but I'm just a bit restricted. We're having the shir in Nofkin Osar on the shores of the Kinneret, and uh, we're just restricted in terms of uh, sforim and internet and printing and all sorts of things. So let's just do the best that we can with what we've got now. Uh, th- thanks for that. The... Um, uh, the uh, tragic uh, deaths by terrorism of the two young girls from Efrat and they're being buried right now, their Leviahs right now. Uh, and our learning should be and for the Rufua Shlema for their mother who's in hospital, Leah Batsipora. The Posuk that the Gemara works with, the verse in the Torah that the Gemara is dealing with, is Vayelech ish mi beit Levi, vayikach et bat Levi. And a man went from the house of Levi, and he married a woman from the, from, also from the house of Levi, a daughter of Levi. And we know, of course, that that was uh, Moshe's father who remarried his mother. Uh, the, the, and we're going to be talking about that, that remarriage, and that's the, the title, A Happy Mother. People say a happy wife is a happy life, but what people don't realize that's more important is a happy mother is a happy child. Um, and, and we'll see the importance of that, of that happiness. Uh, the, the Ramban talks about why Vayelich, the Gemara is also concerned about Vayelich, a man from the house of Levi went. Where did he go to? He was at home. Uh, where, where did he go to? And the Ramban is just very interesting, the Ramban on the Chumash, which says whenever somebody does something unconventional, the word Vayelich is used. And Paro had decreed that the children were to, be, uh, were to be killed and therefore people weren't getting married. And he went against the trend. Amram reversed the trend. And when anybody does something like that, it's called Vayelich, which is interesting because Vayelich is halacha. And one would think of halacha as anything but conventional, unconventional and reversing the trend. And yet it is. That's what halacha is. Halacha is w- walking with Torah in a way that is innovative and, and relevant and appropriate uh, for whatever is happening at that particular time. Halacha, as we discussed uh, yesterday and the day before, halacha is not a, uh, a rigid fundamentalist system of, of, of practice at all. Uh, halacha allows for the for, for for innovation, and when there is innovation, says the Ramban, it's vayelech. He went, he moved. Uh, Rashi brings the Gemara that we're going to learn. They remarried uh, Yochevet uh, because of what happened, um, and and let's look at the at the Gemara itself. The Gemara says the following: Where did he go? Omar Rabbi Yehuda Bar Zvina, Rabbi Yehuda Bar Zvina said, we don't have a lot of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Zvina in the Gemara. He's an, an, an Amorah from Eretz Yisroel, quite a late uh, Amorah. And, uh, and he says, Sha'alach, but he, in this piece of Gemara, he's crucial. Sha'alach ba'atzat bito, he followed. Halach doesn't mean he went or, or did something majorly innovative, as the Ramban says. It means Halach, he followed the advice of his daughter. Tana, we've learned. Amram Gadol Adorhaya. Amram was a, lead, a leader of the generation. 
כיוון שראה שאמר פרעה הרשע כל הבן הילוד היורץ השליחו, when he saw that the wicked פרעה said any boy that is born should be thrown into the river, אמר לשווא אנו המילים, we're producing children to be killed, that just doesn't make any sense, better we don't have children. So he led a movement of men divorcing their wives so that they wouldn't have children during that period. Ahmad v'gireish et ishto, he divorced his wife. Amdu kulam v'girishu et nashotei, and they all followed him because he was an important man. Amra lo bita, Abba, the daughter said, this is uh, his daughter Miriam, kashe gzerat cha yoter mishel paro, you're worse than paro. שפרו לא גזר אלא לזכרים פרו, אין לי דקריד אגנס דה בויז, ואתה גזרת לזכרים ועל הנקבות. Now people aren't having children at all, but daughters are also not being born. פרו לא גזר אלא בעולם הזה, ואתה בעולם הזה ועולם הבא. פרו is just killing people physically, but you're not even letting them have, have a, a life to start with, so there's no עולם הבא either uh, as a result of that. And, and thirdly, פרו הרשע ספק מתקיימת גזרתו, ספק אינה מתקיימת. With the, the, in the case of Paro, it's not clear whether his decree will be fulfilled or not. People might get away with it. But yours, you, there's no chance even. You, you're taking the opportunity for miracle out of God's hands by, by not letting people even attempt, even try. So then, Ahmad v'ghzirit ishto, he got up and he remarried his wife. Amdukulan v'ghzirit nashotem, they all remarried their wives. So then says the Gemara, Vayikach, Vayasum Mebaile. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda ben Zvina, that's very nice. But then the word Vayikach is wrong. He married her. He shouldn't say he married her. He should say he remarried her. He should say Vayachzor. Om Rabbi Yehuda ben Zvina, Sheasalo Maaseh Likuchin. No, you should have seen that second wedding. He had a real party. And he did a proper wedding as it, as it would have been a first wedding. And there was a big chuppah. And Aaron and Miriam, they were little children, but they were dancing in front of her. And the angels of Hashem composed the verse we said in Hallel today. That's where the verse came, comes from. It was a, a verse composed by the angels at the time of the remarried marriage of Amram and Yochevet. That's a Gemara, beautiful Gemara. There's a parallel Gemara in, in Bova Basra, Daf Kuf Kaf. There's a similar Gemara, and we've always said it's important to compare them and see them before Shem. There we have some Rashbam. And the Rashbam says, uh, why should it say he remarried her? Because clearly he'd been married a long time before. Aaron was already born, and Miriam was already born. Um, so why does it say Vayachzor? So then he says, עכשיו החזירה מפני מרים שנתנבעה לו, שעתיד בן לצאת ממנו שיושיע את ישראל. The Rashbam learns this a little differently from the Gemara that we have in Sotah. The Rashbam says what Miriam told him was with Nevoah. She was a, and, and we've got a Gemara for that a little bit further in, on the Daf. Miriam prophesies and says, you're going to have a son who's going to save Bnei Yisrael. How can you not have children? מדכתיב מרים הנביאה אחות אהרון, because it talks about מרים the prophetess, sister of אהרון, implying she was a prophetess before משה was born. What was her prophecy? This was her prophecy. So once אמרם heard that, he remarried יוכבת. Ask the מרשה, but רשבם seems to be the מרשה in סוטה. We've talked about the מרשה many times before, what an important... Mepharish is, is in the back of every Gemara on virtually every Masechta. Uh, and he has a section on Agadati, he has a section on the Halachic parts of the Gemara. Very difficult, but very important to learn. And the Marsha asks and says, 
So why does Algamora say that kind of recreates this conversation that Miriam had with Amram? You're worse than Pyro, and Pyro did this, and you did this, and Pyro did this. Where does that all come from? According to the Rashbam, it's simple. Why did, he, why did Amram remarry Yochevet? Because she prophesied that Moshe was going to be born. That was the end of it. Where does, according to the Rashbam, where does the Gemara get all of this from? Says the Gemara because, says the Marshal, because with Miriam's prophecy, that wouldn't have compelled him to remarry Yochevet. Because, as the Gemara says just a little bit further, the Rashbam seems to ignore it. Yochevet was pregnant with Moshe three months before the remarriage. So the sequence was she became pregnant, didn't know it. He divorced her. Three months later, she's pregnant, and they know it by then. And then he remarries her. Why remarry her? If all he was worried about was the birth of Moshe, she's already pregnant. They don't have to worry about that. So there must be some other reason why he remarried Yochebet. That's how our Gemara says, because there was this whole conversation. So why would that be if... if Moshe is going to be born in any case. What Miriam is worried about is other people. You're the leader of the community, as we've learned. And if you don't remarry your chavit, if you remain divorced, everybody's going to remain divorced, and that's the end of the Jewish people. And so you owe it to the Jewish people to remarry your wife and to do it publicly so that everybody can see and make a big thing of it. And that's why he did. He made a big wedding, and everybody knew, and then everybody followed and did the same. But the Masha asks a little further and says... Why are Miriam and Aaron dancing with joy? The Rashbam says in, in Bova Basra, because Moshe is going to be born. And, and even though he didn't, they're little, they're little children, the Rebbe gave them an intuitive sense. We discussed the other day how through intuition Hashem speaks to us. Hashem gave these little children an intuitive sense that something momentous was going to happen. And they felt it and they experienced it. Asks the Mashor, but that's already three months old, that news. They knew already that Moshe was going to be born. The wedding was not a celebration of the future birth of Moshe. That was already, that's already old news. So there's something else they're happy about. And the Mashor's probing, what is this great joy that brings Moshe, that brings Aaron and Miriam to dance in front of the color, their mother? What brings the angels to sing and to say, what's really going on? And herein lies the beautiful Matmon. Says the Mashor, They were thrilled that the baby was not going to be born into a divorced family. That's what was important. That during the gestation of the, of the fetus that was Moshe, there would be a loving mother. And Moshe would be absorbing, not just a loving mother, of course she was a loving mother no matter what, but she would be a happy mother. The purpose of this wedding was to make Yochevet happy. Because the happiness of Yochevet was going to impact Moshe. And Moshe's absorption of Yochevet's happiness was going to enable him to play the role that he was going to play. But how could she be happy as a divorcee? Out of the house, separate from her husband. That's what the posuk means. Moshevi akeret habayit. The Akeret Habayit is from Akara, the one who'd been cast out of the house. 
who was barren from the marriage, from the family, comes back, Moshivi comes back into the house. The whole family is happy. Miriam is happy. And Aaron is happy. And Yocheved is happy. And Amram is happy. And then what do we say? In Halal, because that's the next posuk in, in Tehillim. What's the very next posuk? After, after Ema Banim Smecha, Hallelujah, but say it Yisrael Mitzrayim. That enabled Yitzias Mitzrayim. Because the greatness that Moshe was able to absorb from the joy of his family is what gave him the Kerach to be Moshiach, to, to save the Jewish people. Uh, how important it is, how we can't underestimate the, the happiness and the joy of a family. How, how important, how we need to work on that. It's not something we can just take for granted. Uh, marriages are, diff- are difficult. Uh, relationships are difficult. Raising children are difficult. When they become teenagers, it becomes even more difficult. It's difficult and there's conflict. But a happy home, to work on that and to make sure that, that happiness is, is important. It was interesting that Finland was just voted, I think for the eighth successive year, the happiest country in the world. Now, I mean, just imagine that. It's nighttime half the year. It's cold. It's miserable. How is Finland the happiest country in the, in, in the world? So they did a, a study to try and figure out why. And there were a few factors. But one of the factors is that the Finnish people regard happiness as a choice. And they say to be unhappy in Finland is regarded as being ungrateful. If you're unhappy, it's not korosatov. You're not grateful for your life, for what you've got, for your opportunities. How can you be miserable? So you can say, well, how can you be miserable? It just happens. No, say the Finns. You choose to be miserable. And you can choose to be happy. And here you see the effort that Amram puts into, into the family to create happiness because of the power of that happiness to influence not only the, the fetus or not only the living people, but even the fetus is affected by the happiness that surrounds it as it's being, as it's being developed. And certainly when it's born into a happy home. And Moshe is then pulled away from his home. And he hardly sees them again. Off he goes to, he's in the little basket, and Bitya gets him, and off he's to Paris fa- family. But clearly his whole influence is from his home. Where does all that influence come from? It comes from that period of joy that Amram and Yochevet, Miriam and Aaron were able to shower on him before he was born, while he was born, and immediately after he's born. So just something to, to be conscious of, not to take happiness for granted, to make a choice to be happy, but particularly family happiness, particularly marital happiness, to make the effort to make one another happy, because that's the only way happiness comes. If everybody tries to make somebody else happy, then everybody's happy. Uh, if everybody's focused on themselves, then nobody's happy. And that's what the marriage is and the family is. Everybody trying to ensure that there's joy and happiness in the family because of the impact that that has on the development and the growth of the children and the parents, everybody in the family experiencing the benefits of that joy. Thank you.